Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to our informational playground. Star Style, be the star you are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you are listening to us on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our goal is always to see, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations that will get you talking around the dinner table. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by the 10th Annual National Be the Star You Are Essay Contest, sponsored by U.S. Bank. The theme this year is what it means to be an American. Enter today to win dollars, books, radio interviews, publicity, publication, and more. Go to starstyleradio.com and click on events. And this is from Bashar. You can't say it's a commitment unless you realize it's a choice that you keep making over and over again. Well, uh, for a quick announcement, Be The Star You Are has once again launched its Operation Disaster Relief Program to support the victims of the Midwest tornadoes. So please contribute your tax-deductible donation today so that we can help them rebuild their lives. Donate at BeTheStarYouR.org and just click on Donate. And for more information, again, you can go to Starsdale Radio and click on Events. Well, we are so excited because Heather Brittany is back. Yay! Yay! (laughs) It was a very long month without you, Heather. We missed you so much. (laughs) And we know that you had this amazing time. You are now a married woman. Whoa! I am. I am truly off the market. I know. You're off the market. It means you're a real girl now, huh? I'm a real girl. (laughs) 
As you've always said. Well, we are so excited to hear about this phenomenal honeymoon that you went on. And so we're hoping that you will share with us some of the travels with Heather that started off uh, in Tokyo and then went to Thailand and this wonderful little island. So uh, give us some of the highlights of this last yeah. month since you've been so gone from us. Where I have been for the last five weeks, so in one uh, part I was getting married in beautiful Temecula, uh, California, which was probably the best day of my life. I know you did a, a update reel kind of talking about that whole occasion, but it was wonderful. And then from uh, Temecula to Thailand, basically. But what happened, we traveled for 24 days, and um, we were fortunate enough to be able to adjust our schedule. Uh, when flying from Los Angeles to uh, Thailand, there is no direct flight. So um, combined, it's about, a, oh, gosh, about 26 hours, no, about 20 hours. Something like that. Uh, That's such a long way. It's just so crazy. It's such a long way. So there isn't a direct flight. So what happens is you have to fly into Tokyo. And we were able to manipulate our flight so that um, it wasn't just a, you know, four- to six-hour layover, that we actually stayed for four days. And what was fantastic that um, I we decided we would never, you know, I, I don't know, Hopefully, we'll be blessed again to get to travel the world again, but um, we just thought this is our one-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get to explore Tokyo. So we were able to stay for four days. So um, if um, many of you, if you have not been to Tokyo, it's similar to any major uh, metropolitan city uh, such as New York or San Francisco or Los Angeles. It's actually a giant, giant city. Um, combined with many cities within it. So often if someone says, I'm from Tokyo, that could mean, you know, at least 30 other small uh, communities within it, um, which was a really exciting thing for me because I had no idea um, until looking at maps, realizing that, oh, to get from point A to point B is about four hours. Um, but the cool thing with um, Tokyo is that within all these small little cities is each city really has its own uh, identity and very different. You know, some are more traditional. Some are, you know, these crazy metropolitan. Some are more known um, for the fish industry or the nightlife or the clothing. And it really has. You definitely know when you come into different ones. And similar too is you start to know the the culture, the clothing wise of how people dress and and. Uh, uh, you know, just I don't know. It was it was fantastic, and a really um, was it really busy. I mean, Tokyo. When you the last time I it's been many years since I was in Tokyo, but there were just so many people there. You know, just it was just like such a crowded city. Did you feel like it was easy to get around? Yeah. So getting around, you know, a fantastic. I've yet to uh, go to Europe, but my many friends who have. Everyone talks about the Europass, how uh, similar with New York, how very few people drive um, in Japan because it's so expensive. And they actually regulate how many cars can be on the, t- on the road at a certain time. And um, taking taxis is just astronomically, ridiculously expensive. Um, so they have the subway stations there, and you get basically this Europass, this, this uh, Tokyo Pass, that I believe we paid about $25 person for a three-day pass. 
Um, there was one, there's a bullet train you have to take, which is, uh, which unfortunately it's not included in the pass. And that, pa- that um, on its own is about $25 each way. But once you get these, this pass for about $25, it was good for three days. And we just went everywhere. The first day was a little confusing, but by the end of the first day, we, you know, we knew you need to take the yellow line to the Ginza line to the blue line to this. And, um, and, it, and, and with, it, uh, the trains are fast, aren't they? The They're trains really fast are really and fast, and they run you know, probably every 10 to 15 minutes. Um, the, uh, something I would advise if you are traveling there is going. Um, <laughs> the only, only kind of overwhelming sensation is uh, during rush hour, I mean, you would not believe how many people pack themselves into the, I mean, it's, it's, you know, literally wall-to-wall, can't even move, of how many people get in, get out, and um, not just, I mean, I feel in, in general the Japanese culture are very, very polite, but there are definitely, I mean, we had our little book of, you know, trying to say just basic things and sort of the faux pas of within every culture that things are very different. Um, so I feel that in Japan that they are very um, understanding of Westerners that, you know, they may not understand certain things. Uh, but there were definitely things that, I, you know, oh, my, my goodness, like, uh, for example, there was times I went to go to the bathroom and there would only be, if there was in a restaurant, only one, one bathroom. Um, and if there was a man in line, um, the owner or someone behind would come seat me back at my seat, wait till there were no more men in line, and then he would come and get me. So, and it was something that you know I was thought, oh, I know I'm fine to wait, but it was very like, no, 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 you you must sit until you're told to come. I'm like, okay, sure. Um, oh my god, were, were the facilities really different? Because yeah, in no, so many countries, the bathrooms are was so, so different. So hilarious, the bathrooms. Oh my gosh, I should have. Taking pictures and of how hysterical. I mean, they're they're very. Um, I had things are very uh, computerized and robotic, and that you know seems like something out of the future. Uh, but but as someone, when you're looking at everything uh, from someone being who does not speak Japanese, other than saying thank you and hello, um, looking at Japanese to me, it looks like hieroglyphics. I, you can't even sound it out. So it's sort of this helplessness feeling. Kind of did lost other, did people speak English? What did you find a uh, lot of? Yes. Yes, yeah, no. Where you you know you see um, at, at some restaurant if you're in a major uh, cosmopolitan area they do, but uh, if you're kind of going down side streets you're sort of on your own. Um, you know, people you you do a lot of pointing and this and that. Right. But something I just wanted to touch on of the different areas in there. So um, Osaka or Asuka, and I apologize for any Japanese if I'm butchering all the names. But um, some great things that we saw was um, the Tokyo Sky Tree. It basically looks like the Eiffel Tower. It's gorgeous, and it's this electric lit-up thing, so it's something you definitely want to see at night. Um, then speaking of nightlife, Ropongi. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, um, the Tokyo Towers, that's that's what's in Ropongi. Um, so Ginza was an amazing area to very, you know, uh, metropolitan um, a really cool thing um, is, you know, the, the culture, the clothes there, um, in Shinjuku and Hiroshuku, that's if you've ever heard of Hiroshuku girls, they almost look like cartoon characters. They have these uh, just crazy makeup and hair and bows, 
and it, it's very avant-garde, very, you know, it's fascinating to see it. Um, and one thing, too, we went to Shibuya. Uh, Shibuya is known for um, this almost looks very replica of uh, downtown New York, uh, Times Square, thousands of people there. There's lights and restaurants and just amazing, amazing, uh, just something to kind of uh, observe and watch. And one thing, too, is the sushi. I, we literally had sushi breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I've never had fish that tasted so fresh, so amazing, and I mean, some things can, I, I must say, the accommodations in Japan were very expensive. Um, we were almost paying $300 a night for a, a room that, it was hysterical. My husband is uh, 6'3", 6'4", and he just looked like a giant in there. We were basically staying Well, the picture you sent, it looked, like, it looked like a closet. It looked like yeah, basically I mean, very a, a comfortable, tiny, very comfortable, your suitcases but, didn't even fit in there. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it just. They really, really pack people in there. But um, so accommodations, you know, I have to say, though comfortable, were very, very small. Not I, uh, I must, you know, for people who are uh, feeling claustrophobic, be careful of that. Um, but if getting around town, um, the food that we have was uh, relatively inexpensive. And the quality was just amazing. And, and, you know, we did some things that were free, too. One thing, we went to the Imperial Palace, which you just walk around for hours, these, um, you know, the, just see, you know, during the, the emperor, um, all the, the, you know, the moats and the gardens, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Um, the weather was cold when we were there, so, you know, be careful of, you know, the climates that you're going. Um, but after we did four wonderful days in Tokyo, which was just amazing, then we are on our way to Thailand. So we spent one day in Bangkok, which um, unfortunately we did not get to experience the riverboat thing because we were just sort of there on a layover. We didn't have enough time to go down. But where we ended up staying for 17 days was this small island in Thailand called Koh Samui, and it was just amazing, uh, absolutely gorgeous every day. Complete sun, it was humid, it was about 86 degrees every day, and we would get a, a light uh, rain shower in every day for about 20 minutes, and then it would pass over. Uh, the, the area is just so green and lush, and we stayed at this wonderful place called Anantara um, Luana, and just gorgeous. Uh, we had our own private plunge pool, um, you know, every day. That sounds like bed. amazing. I think the movie that you sent me was in the plunge pool. Did you have a camera that went in the water? Yeah, no, our, my, my husband uh, definitely, I mean, we were totally just paparazzi ourselves the whole time. <laughs> I feel bad for all the people. We took so many pictures, so many adventures. And that's one thing, too, of... Um, the waves, the ocean water there is crystal clear blue, absolutely gorgeous. And we were staying, uh, the resort we were staying at was, it felt very secluded and nice, but we were about a 10-minute walk into town, uh, into the town of Chewing. And Chewing is known for its open bazaar market where um, you do a lot of shopping in there. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think. Uh, you barter with everyone. No matter what they say, you know, there's always a bottom. Each of you have your own bottom, um, bottom line. Uh, but you go in there and, you know, you barter with people. And, you're, and there's so much knockoff stuff, you know, all these name brands and Tiffany's and this and that. 
Um, but it's really fun, and you end up getting, you know, looking back, I'm almost thinking, gosh, I should have bought more stuff. And oh, an absolute luxury is every day um, we got massages, and the massages, I mean, you barter with that, too, that we paid about 7 to $10 uh, I can't even get over that. They were Seven dollars? Oh my gosh! Amazing. Everybody would get one every day. Just amazing. And the only—it's funny to say—expensive massage. One day we splurged and we um, purchased uh, massages by the pool at our resort, and um, the translation in Thai baht to American ended up being about thirty-five dollars a person which felt expensive because, you know, we're used to getting $7 massages. But, you know, literally back in the United States, that would have been $180 or even on the cheap, a $65 massage. So that was just absolutely, absolutely wonderful, um, getting these, these amazing massages every day. I got my hair cut for $3. Um, <laughs> the food was fantastic. Too. How was the Thai food? Because that Thai food is like one of my favorite food Asian foods. Was wonderful. I have to say, there was literally no spot. There was only one night. Uh, we actually we were sadly disappointed. We went to a restaurant that um, you know you should know better than to try to order. You know, I think we tried to order some American food, thinking, "Oh yeah, this will be good." And it was absolutely terrible, and it was frozen. But everything that was authentic was so good. I've never had. Same as I said with with uh, Japan, I've never had such fresh, amazing sushi. And in Thailand, I've I love you know the coconut curry soups, and I've never had such good soups. Um, the, well, you know the that's pie such pie a great lesson, noodles. Heather. Is that when you're traveling, is is no matter how much you might be craving something American, don't do it, right? Because no, it's not completely, crazy. completely. There's I mean, when in Rome, be like the Romans, do what they do. Exactly, because it's not, I mean, and then there's very many things that are different. And, and one thing that was, I found, I had no idea, in Thailand, they they don't really have any other dressing. Um, ranch, blue cheese, that stuff does not exist there. The only dressing, other than they might use a peanut dressing, um, is Thousand Island. They put that on every salad. So you really had no other choices. And there, um, it was kind of funny, you know, a lot of things get lost. In translation, they don't, you know, you, you do a lot of pointing there, too. But I have to say, everyone there, um, Thailand is called the land of smiling people. They are so, um, so kind and so polite. And I know that's always an over-generalization uh, thing, but I feel that everyone we encountered was just the kindest people and very sweet. And, um, you know, it's crazy to think it's just, a, you know, a distant memory now, but I'm definitely a trip of a lifetime. I highly recommend um, if you can get yourself to Thailand, especially the smaller island of Koh Samui, um, you will not be disappointed. Absolutely gorgeous, um, very fair prices there, amazing food, amazing accommodations. Um, so the hardest thing is getting there because it takes a couple of days of traveling. You know, you were saying that you're way back, you were like, Traveling for like almost forty hours or something. If you yeah, can't the time change, it's a, it's a it's about a sixteen hour time difference from the United States. So, you, you know, when you're traveling and you gain a day, you lose a day. You just you're very. I mean, I'm still kind of adjusting now within the United States with it getting dark now. I'm I'm finding myself being tired and then getting up early and and all this kind of stuff. Um, so 
so it's and what about the you did what about the typhoon? You just caught the end of it, right? Yeah, well, we actually were not part of, um, you know, the, unfortunately, the horrific um, stuff that happened in the Philippines. But um, being in a small island like that, they do get um, the big typhoon waves. And we had amazing weather until the last two days. The day we were flying out, uh, it was, you know, you weren't allowed to go in the water. The, the waves were huge. The rain would not stop. Thunder, lightning. Uh, so it was kind of a little nerve-wracking flying out on that day, but it was very, you know, we were feeling very thankful and happy that this is the day we were leaving, not that this was how the whole trip was. So always kind of be advised when, when um, planning to go to a tropical location like that um, because they do have these storms um, very often that you don't want to be going in a typhoon or hurricane season. Well, it just sounds so amazing, and I'm just so happy that everything went well and, and that you had a safe trip and that you got to have these amazing massages every day because, you know, it's stressful. <laughs> the yeah. work we do is all stressful, and then you had that big, the big, big wedding to prepare for, although that day, that was the most amazing day with everything went right i mean it was yeah that it's pretty that it's pretty crazy when you can have such a, a lovely event and and have it so memorable so but i i sure missed you we all missed you here at voice america and we're glad you're back Yay. and you'll be with us every week here now here on star style be the star you are so uh congratulations on being a missus and we all wish you just yeah. uh, the happiest happiest of days and years and many 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 more to come and you know how fun it's a different chapter in your life right yay a different chapter well thanks for sharing it just made it makes me want to go back it's been so long since i've been to thailand but i just i remember how amazing it was and traveling is always such a good thing no matter where you know where you can go so if you can find inexpensive airfares and you can handle the hours once you get there it's wonderful it's wonderful to travel so when we come back from break we're going to be talking about traveling with our pets because the holidays are coming and lots of people will be taking road trips and that's what we're going to talk about so you're listening to star style be the star you are i'm cynthia bryan and i'm heather Brittany. and you can find out more at starstyleradio.com and also remember to visit the charity be the star you are.org yesterday was giving tuesday and it's giving tuesday throughout the month of december so make a donation we'll be right back don't go away be the star you the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. What's the best way to give feedback to ensure that it actually gets used? The short answer is make sure it's balanced. Think about this. What percentage of your feedback is positive, encouraging, and reinforcing? Or what percentage is corrective? Perhaps most important, how much focus is put on the future? Or as we would say, feed forward. 
When you balance both the positive and negative input with observations about the past, which can't be changed, and advice for the future, which can be changed and modified, you have a new model for the feedback and coaching process. So if you want to be more successful in helping others succeed, be balanced and effective and give positive feedback. And remember, feedback is only one part of the puzzle. To truly develop potential in others, you must be a successful coach. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the star you are. 501c3 Charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestarur.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Be the star you are. You are the star. Pump up your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, the secret to every success lies not in what or even who you know, but clearly in seeing where you want to go and here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We believe that you have the power to have it all, and we intend to help you get going in the right direction and keep on going. Don't forget that Be The Star You Are has once again launched its Operation Disaster Relief Program to support the victims of the Midwest tornadoes. Please contribute your tax-deductible donation today so that we can help them rebuild their lives. Donate at BeTheStarYouAre.org. And the forward slash is donate. And you can find more information under events at starstyleradio.com. Well, car traveling with pets. Here in California, it's a very pet-friendly state. 
And there's an abundance of hotels and parks and public areas that actually welcome our furry and feathered friends. Many of us consider our pets part of the family, and we want them to accompany us on vacations. Some dogs readily jump in the car, and they sit quietly in their seat. However, others cruise around the car's interior during the trip, and this can create distraction and other safety issues for both the director, uh, the driver, and the pet. And I want to just talk about some safety things for pets today. I know questions sometimes are, should dogs be allowed to sit out the window? Well, some dogs really love this, and they don't suffer any ill effects. But there can be significant health risk for other dogs. There are dogs that can get life-threatening injuries. Some of them can fall out of cars if it's moving even at slow speeds especially if the window's down or if they're on the back of a truck. Their ear flaps can get irritated and swollen from repetitive flapping in the wind. And dogs can also get eye injuries, such as corneal ulcers or lacerations from those small rocks or dirt or other debris that come flying in. There is a company, now don't laugh but because this is true, they actually make eye goggles specifically designed for dogs. They're called doggles, and they help protect against that high-speed wind, as well as the ultraviolet light. Obviously, dogs probably are going to have an adjustment period to get used to that kind of headwear, uh, but it would protect them. Also, we should talk a little bit about restraints. Um, It's an important topic. As of 2009, California requires any animal that's transported in the back of a vehicle. That would be like in a back of a truck in a space intended for any load. We're not talking about inside a car now. That if they're on a highway to either they have to be cross-tethered to the vehicle or protected by a secured container or a cage because they want to prevent the animal from falling, jumping, or being thrown from the vehicle. And there's actually a vehicle code for that. Now, of course, that doesn't apply to cars, uh, the inside of cars, where there are also safety concerns. The American Veterinary Medical Association statement recommends keeping dogs in properly secured and size-appropriate kennels that have very good ventilation or, alternatively, a seat belt harness system. Now, the rear seat of the car is actually the best location to put your dog since uh, if an uh, airbag deploys, if you have airbags in your back seats or in a passenger seat, it can cause injury to your pet. Now, in 2012, several, several states around the U.S., now not, uh, not California, though, passed what's called distracted driving laws, and they regard the po- proper restraint of animals in vehicles. Now, the purpose of the laws was to prevent accidents and protect human life. Although clearly there are benefits to all of the animals as well. In a collision, listen to this, in a collision at 50 miles an hour, a 10-pound dog will hit an object with 500 pounds of force. Imagine those internal injuries that would be sustained to both the person driving the car and to the animal. So just a 10-pound dog. Cats, birds, and other pets traveling in cars really need to be contained in a specific area because Accidents can happen even when you have a calm, well-trained pet. Like for a bird, for example, something startling may cause your bird to fly off your shoulder and around the car's interior in distress. And anything, a pet that gets caught on the floor under the driver's seat, not only would distract you, but could also be injured uh, or or cause the non-braking or the rapid acceleration of the car. 
So the restraint also allows the driver to safely open the car door when you get to a rest stop without your fear of the pet running out. I know I, um, I've, I have a lot of birds, and I once had a bird that did sit on my shoulder. And things do happen where, you know, you open the door and the bird flies away or the dog runs away or the cat runs away. And I've had friends actually lose pets at rest stops or when they were traveling where they ran out of the gas station and, you know, your animal could get run over. So driving with pets should be a goal-oriented activity. You want to get where you're going with Fluffy or Buffy safely and securely so that you can enjoy your destination. And if you want to have a useful website, uh, you could go to the dmv.org and then uh, when you're, once you're there, go to how to guide uh, for pet traveling. And I think you'll find some really good information while you're there. So hopefully this holiday season you can travel happily and healthily with your favorite pets, but just do keep them restrained. Now we're going to go from pets into the garden for a couple of minutes with winter wonders because I always, uh, I love this time of year and I think about Andy Rooney's uh, quote that says the best Christmas trees come very close to exceed nature. I know that my niece, who was a paramedic, posted photos of her Christmas decorations on Facebook just a few days after Halloween. She had decorated every inch of her home and garden in all this holiday festivity and finery. You know, her tree had the sparkling ornaments and her mantle had swags and candles and the bushes and flower beds were glittering with lights and uh, and accents. And I... Since it's my side of the family, I know she inherited it from my mom because my parents, every year from the time I was little, they would decorate at least two acres of our farm and they would illuminate everything like a runway so it would help Santa Claus find his way to our remote location. And there was nothing, you know, every inch was covered, was covered. And even now my mom does this because we really have to believe in magic. So every day those who tend gardens, now, you have to know that you're working hand-in-hand with Mother Nature. She is the grand dame, and she is always in charge. And we, as gardeners, are her faithful stewards. We're nurturing the land that feed our bodies and while clothing our spirits with beauty and fragrance and spiritual wellness. But as the earth settles down for its long winter's nap, we also slow our pace in our outdoor spaces and begin preparations for our holidays. But we want you to be able to sleep peacefully. And, you know, dream the happy dreams. So you have to think of safety first. We just talked about safety for our pets and now safety for yourself and your family. According to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, over 10,000 people visit emergency rooms during the holidays due to decorating injuries from falls, burns, cuts, and, and shocks. Now, more than 200 fires are started each year because of dried out trees. Every tree tree at Christmas, especially if you have children that go and choose it. But to put the magic in your winter wonderland while keeping your family secure and protected, these are a few suggestions you should follow. Find the freshest tree to light up your yuletide. Whether you cut it yourself or buy it from your favorite lot, look for a tree with green needles that are difficult to pull from the branch. The tree's bottom needs to be sticky with resin and needles should not fall off when the tree is shaken. Keep all your trees, branches, and flammable decorations away from fireplaces, radiators, and high traffic areas. 
hang stockings on chimneys only when there is no fire burning, you know, and even if there's embers, do not have your stockings there. Buy new lights that have been tested by the Underwriters Laboratory. It's that little UL that you see on packaging. Make sure that lights for your garden are labeled as outdoor capable. All lights need good wiring, devoid of any broken or cracked sockets, frayed wires, or loose connections. And only use extension cords that are designed for the outdoors. And beware of the number of light sets that may be attached because there is a rating. Sometimes it says that you can attach four or you can attach three or maybe you can attach six. But don't exceed it because then it becomes a fire hazard. Now, never add electric lights to any metallic ornamentations as you could be exposing yourself to electrocution. And when climbing ladders, remember to use the buddy system. A lot of people are falling off roofs, and it's not Santa and his reindeers. And besides the conifers that beckon Santa's visit, you know, fruit-bearing trees provide wondrous gifts of nature during December. December. Uh, Some of my favorites are persimmon, quince, chestnut, and pomegranates because they offer some exotic flavors for the holidays. Now, the hachia persimmon, I had that this morning, I have a beautiful tree of that, is the perfect fruit to flavor a lot of your holiday dishes, including Christmas puddings and fruit cakes. And it's wonderful when it's, it has to be very, very soft. It's not edible when it's hard because it'll, be puck, it'll pucker you up. But when it's soft, you can just scoop it out and, and eat it like a pudding itself, or you can mix it with powdered cheese or sour cream. You can make um, wonderful cheesecake with it. And when they're, they're usually firm when they're picked, but then you want to just allow them to sit on a plate on your counter until they're soft, and then you can cook with them or use them raw. Now, the other persimmon you'll see in the stores is called a fuyu. It's flat, it's hard, and it's like an apple, and it is really great. I cut it in my salads every night. I have a tree of that as well. Once it gets soft, soft it can be used in dishes just like the hachia. But when planting persimmons, keep in mind it may take up to 10 years for a bountiful yield. My tree is like 15 years old, and it's just now really, really um, giving me lots of fruits. So, you know, you may have to buy them if you want these special exotic fruits. Another tree that is offering some holiday bounty is the quince. Now, this hard fruit resembles an ugly apple, and it is a sign of love and commitment. And in, that was especially in ancient Rome. In Greek mythology, Quince was the gift from Aphrodite, the goddess of love. It's been speculated that the forbidden fruit that tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden was actually the quince. Although, I don't know how that could be because quince is inedible, raw. And when cooked, the aroma is so beautiful. It smells like rose petals, maybe with a little bit of vanilla thrown in. And the flesh turns an umber color. It's a combination taste of like apple and pear. And when you mix it with spices, you know, like cinnamon, cloves, nutmegs, it's just so heavenly. The fruit is popular in Middle Eastern meat stews as well as in British tarts and preserves. And I just cook it up with the spices. And then, I, again, I put that, put it over yogurt or cottage cheese, and I really love it. Now, you've all heard the song, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, Jack Frost Nipping at Your Nose. Well, that's the popular lyrics from the Christmas song, and it conjures up images and happy memories of bygone holiday seasons. And on the branch, the chestnut is encompassed inside this very prickly shell that looks like a small yellow tennis ball with spikes. Now, when this shell opens... Out falls a shiny brown nut. 
if you grow chestnuts, now's the time to gather the fallen fruit, and you can just put them in a pan, and you can roast them. And with a serrated knife, use caution as the shell is tough. You can blanch them, roast them, and then wrap them in a cloth for five minutes before eating. But beware, the nuts from horse chestnuts and buckeye are poisonous. They look exactly like chestnuts, but they're not edible to humans or animals. Now, the last fruit I wanted to talk about is pomegranates because they have symbolized hope, prosperity, fertility, and eternal life for over 4,000 years. And today, they are heralded as a superfood. They are low in calories, high in antioxidants, vitamin C, potassium, and fiber. When planted in a sunny location, these small 6 to 12-foot tree, it's so easy to grow with green, glossy foliage, pretty orange flowers in summer and fall. And when the fruit is red, it's ripe and ready to be eaten raw. You just cut the crown to remove the yellow pith and score the skin in quarters. Immerse the scored fruit in a large bowl of cold water just very quickly. Hold the fruit under the water just for, uh, you know, uh, as long as it takes you to break it into sections. Then the seeds fall to the bottom of the bowl. You drain the bowl, you dry, and you enjoy. So be prepared for sticker shock though, when you go to purchase any of these Christmas treats. Persimmons and pomegranates can cost you anywhere from $2 to $4 each in the produce aisle. So perhaps it is time to write a letter to Old Sake Nick to put in a request for these special trees or other garden gadgets. So what do you want or need for your garden? Yeah, do you need a gazing ball, a purple rhododendron, a pair of shears, a bird bath, the money tree? Just remember, he is making a list and he's checking it twice. So December is the month for dreams to come true. Tie your Christmas to the outdoors and let there be light. So peace on earth, goodwill to all, and we can be a child again on Christmas. We hope that all your stockings will be filled with the seeds of winter wonders, hope, and lots of love. When we come back from break, we're going to be talking about the plight of bees. There's bee collapse, bee colony collapse syndrome happening, and it's not good for our economy. I'm Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We will be right back. Don't go away. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. You are. 
your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in the light that shines. Believe in yourself. Well, thank you so much for staying with me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. You are listening to us on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I am thrilled to be your host and to be with you. It's always fun to be bringing you some stories and just having with you and to bring you new news. So we just talked about safety for animals and some safety for you, for your garden, and for for uh, the Christmas um, for Christmas time and some fruits that would be good. And now I want to talk about bees in crisis and how it affects us because this is really a serious, serious situation that is going on. Millions of unpaid migrant workers are toiling up to 12-hour shifts and they travel thousands of miles in cramped trailers. And without them, food such as cherries, blueberries, almonds, Alfalfa wouldn't exist, and for the past several years, these laborers have been dying alarmingly in huge numbers. They're tiny, gentle, and highly intelligent honeybees that pollinate one-third of our foods, and now these incredible creatures are in crisis, which means we are in Known by beekeepers and scientists as colony collapse disorder, the worldwide disappearance of honeybees was first noted during the winter of 2006 and 2007 when many beekeepers started reporting unprecedented losses of up to 90% of their hives. Worker bees disappeared suddenly with very few dead bees found near the colony. The queens and the brood would remain, but the colony had relatively abundant honey and pollen reserves But without worker bees, the hives can't sustain themselves, and then they eventually die out. Now, if the bees go, our food is going to go. So many of the foods that we need and love would just simply vanish. Without bees, hundreds of crops would die out. Just let me give you a list of just a few of the crops that are absolutely dependent on bees. The almond is 100% dependent on bees. At 90% dependent on bees are apples, asparagus, avocado, blackberry, blueberry, broccoli, onion, uh, garlic, cherry, and cucumbers. 80% would be celery, plums, prunes, and everything in that family. 68% would be watermelon. 45% would be tangerines. 20% lemons, cotton, 20%. And then peanuts and grape get down to one and two percent. But without them, we can't. We really can't pollinate. Now, millions of hives are shipped around the United States to pollinate the fifteen billion to twenty billion dollars worth of crops each year. Now, in California, the almond industry requires one point six million colonies. That's about sixty percent all the managed U.S. honeybee colonies because. Almonds require 100% um, pollination by bees. They are the largest agricultural crop that uses bees. And without bees, we will have no almonds. And we all know how important almonds are for us. The the last winter in 2012, we experienced the largest die-off of bees in the history of the United States. 
The bees fly out, but they don't come back, and it's a worldwide catastrophe. The total number of managed honeybee colonies in the United States has decreased from 5 million bees uh, that uh, were in the 1940s. I mean, not bees, but hives in the 1940s to only 2.5 million today. And meanwhile, the need for hives to provide pollination continues. So this means that honeybee colonies are being transported over longer distances. Some are trucked from to California, from as far as Florida and the East Coast, in huge tractor trailers with up to 11 million bees in each one to supplement the shrinking numbers. So it's... It's really, you know, it's so important that we get we get our bees. Now, uh, whatever the cause of this colony collapse disorder is determined to be, many believe that bees are now confronted with the worst threat ever to their existence. The coalition, there is a coalition that is um, that is uh, involves environmental and consumer groups, and they recently filed suit against the EPA Environmental Protection Agency. And, and the coalition is represented by attorneys for the Center for... And this is because some are blaming mites and drought factors, but people have dealt with that for over 150 years. But they feel that now beekeepers' losses are so extreme that they can't keep their operations going, and they think that it's something more grave. And it is a insecticide and pesticide called uh, a neonicotinoid. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Neonicotinoid. Sorry, that's how it is. And they believe that this is what is killing the bees because with this neonicotinoids, they're absorbed by the plant and they move through the plant's vascular system. Then they become toxic to the insects by weakening their immune system. And they're finding that because of this uh, immune system that is, is attacked, then the bees are dying off. Now, besides some of the fruits and vegetables, there are other field crops that are, are affected. Alfalfa, uh, legume seeds, soybeans, sugar beets, sunflowers, pumpkins, squash, honeydew melons, cauliflower, cantaloupe, and macadamia nuts, nectarines, raspberries, strawberries, cranberries, avocados. Basically, I would say that it's, it's most of the fruits and vegetables that we consume today are affected. And it's really important that we, that we find out what is killing our bees. Because if the bee dies off, our food production dies off. And we won't be able to meet the demands of food that we will need here, uh, in, not only in America, but everywhere in the world. So with more we can thank the the Western honeybee for one in every three mouthfuls of food that we eat today. From the almond orchards here in California, where each spring billions of honeybees from across the U.S. arrive to pollinate the multi-billion dollar crop. To the blueberry bogs of Maine, the bees are truly the unsung, unpaid laborers of the American agricultural system. And they add more than $15 billion in value to farming each year. 
Now, something interesting Whole Foods did in Rhode Island this past June as part of a campaign to highlight the importance of honeybees, they temporarily removed from their shelves and they're from their produce section uh, any food that was dependent on pollination from bees. Of 453 items, 200 vanished, including apples, lemons, zucchini, and squashes. So what it shows you is that honeybees are the glue that holds our agricultural system together, and that glue is now failing. So around 2006, as I said earlier, it was when commercial beekeepers began noticing something that was disturbing their, their honeybees and that they were just, you know, disappearing. Beekeepers would go and they would open their hives and they'd find plenty of honeycomb, wax, and even honey, but they wouldn't find any bees. And these reports from worried beekeepers started rolling in and the scientists coined that uh, apocalyptic term, the colony collapse disorder. And then suddenly beekeepers found themselves in the media spotlight and the, the public has been captivated by this real, it's sort of a horror movie mystery. Now, these few years later, honeybees are still dying on a, scarily, on a scale that's rarely seen before. And the reasons remain mysterious. It's been almost seven years since the first colony collapse disorder was identified. And now it's just, it's escalating. So one-third of U.S. honeybee colonies have died or disappeared just last winter. And 42% increase over the year before and well above the 10 to 15% losses that beekeepers have experienced in years gone by. So though beekeepers can replenish the dead hives over time, the high rates of the colony collapse are putting intense pressure on the industry and on agriculture because there were just barely enough viable honeybees in the U.S. to service last spring's almond population and to do the pollination. And that's putting a product worth nearly $4 billion at risk. So that's a real big deal because almonds are the Golden State's most valuable agricultural export. They're worth more than twice as much as our wine industry. And we would all probably think that grapes and wine are more, but that isn't true. So this is why scientists are really working hard to try to find out what's going on with these new chemicals, these neonicotinoids, which seem to affect the bees and other insects, even when it's supposedly a safe dose. So they're focused on it right now, but in the meantime, until we know what the effects are and and how the chemicals are being used, we need to stay away from chemicals. And I'm a big believer in organic and always have been. And now more than ever, we really have to, our friends, the bees, populate again. And just remember the way that workers, the, the way the bees are. There's a worker bee, there's a drone and a queen. The worker bee does the construction, the storage, it keeps the nursery, it guards, it caretakes, it scouts and it forages, and it lives 20 to 30 days. The drone mates with a virgin queen in mid-air, but then it dies after mating. But the queen lays up to 1,500 eggs every day, possibly more, and the queen lives three to seven years. So we do need to have our hives and we need to keep the colonies alive. So do what you can, watch for the bees, rescue the bees, 
and be aware of using any kind of chemical insecticide or pesticide. Well, thank you so much for being great listeners and allowing us into your life every week. Make sure you are tuned to work and to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Every Thursday, I mean every Wednesday, we used to be on Thursdays, every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. For more information about Star Style, visit star-style.com. If you'd like a coaching session, call me, 925-377-STAR. And don't forget, this is the season of giving. Make a donation to Be the Star You Are charity. It's tax deductible. You'll lower your taxes, and you'll be helping Operation um, Disaster Relief right now. Our aim is always to encourage and inform, motivate, inspire, amuse, and help you to be the person you were meant to be. So until next week when we celebrate once again, get ready for the holidays. Enjoy this season of love and and hope. And remember that love always wins. Smiles make us happy. This prevails. My name is Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Encouraging you to be the star you are. Happy holidays. Be the star you are. The star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.